1: Plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Will they affirm affirmative action? Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. The United States Supreme Court set to hear arguments today in two cases involving race-based college admissions practices. One involves Harvard, the other the University of North Carolina. The group students for fair admissions is looking for the court to throw out a nineteen seventy-eight case that gave the green light for universities to consider race in determining who gets in.
2: Everybody should get a fair shot. And affirmative action says that, no, some people will be advantaged and other people will be disadvantaged based on the color of their skin.
1: Jacob Chains, head of the College Republicans at the University of North Carolina. Julia Clark, president of the black student movement, sees things differently.
0: I don't think there is ever a time where we won't need affirmative action or we won't need to talk
1: about race. CBS legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum.
3: Two states, California and Michigan, have already abolished affirmative action. The question is whether the court will rule that Americans have relied on racial preferences to get into college for 40 years and it can't be taken away.
1: One recent poll found nearly two-thirds of U.S. adults favor ending consideration of race or ethnicity in college admissions. Washington still buzzing about the Friday attack on the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Paul Pelosi underwent surgery for a depressed skull fracture after being struck struck by a hammer wielded by his accused attacker, David DePape. San Francisco DA Brooke Jenkins.
0: We expect to be filing on Monday um, attempted murder charges as well as residential burglary, assault with a deadly weapon, and elder abuse. That is based on the fact that the suspect took a hammer and obviously assaulted Mr. Pelosi.
1: Nancy Pelosi addressed the assault in an open letter to Congress on Saturday, thanking first responders for saving her husband's life. That assault sparked plenty of back-and-forth political attacks throughout the week, some Democrats accusing Republican rhetoric for inspiring such attacks. The Republican National Committee chair begs to defer.
0: This is a deranged individual. You can't say people saying let's fire Pelosi or let's uh, take back the House is saying go do violence.
1: Rona McDaniel appearing on Fox News Sunday. She noted that public political figures on both sides of the aisle have faced increased violence and threats in recent years. Meanwhile, a Minnesota congressman spent part of his Sunday defending his recent hashtag fire Pelosi tweet in a testy exchange with the host of a Sunday show. It wasn't an act. I
4: was, I, was tweet. out, I
3: was tweeting out that I fire Pelosi with a weapon. Well, now Wouldn't a pink slip be more
4: fitting if it's about firing her?
1: Appearing on CBS's Face the Nation with host Margaret Brennan, Republican Congressman Tom Emmers said that a video he posted to Twitter last week of him firing a gun was a debate about Second Amendment rights, not an incitement to violence. He pointed to an incident in 2017 where Republican Congressman Steve Scalise was shot by a Bernie Sanders supporter. Senator Chris Coons of Delaware says violent rhetoric needs to stop. The sort of rhetoric that we've heard in too many ways in too many places can lead to uh, violence by a small number of Americans who think that when we describe our political opponents as our enemies, uh, we're calling for them to be attacked. Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota says the Pelosi assault raises the importance of extending security protection to the families of top U.S. officials. Well, just over a week to the finish line in election 2022. What are voters thinking? Now
3: with Joe Biden, there's a big thumb on top of you where you can't enjoy
4: yourself. I just need to see some peace. And I think the only way to do this is voting.
1: One Republican governor says threats to democracy are a serious issue, but says Americans are ultimately going to be voting on the economy.
5: The November election is going to be all about what is affecting low- and middle-income families the most, and folks just want to send somebody different back yeah. to Washington, mix things
4: up, change things a little bit.
1: New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer debating his GOP challenger Joe Pinion Sunday night on Spectrum New York 1. Chuck Schumer has represented New York in the Senate since 1999 and defended his record as one of Washington's top... Democrats.
3: In the last two years under my leadership, the Senate has had the most productive session in decades.
1: He cited the bipartisan infrastructure law and the COVID-related American Rescue Plan. But Joe Pinion, a conservative Republican and former Newsmax anchor, took issue with that.
2: The response to COVID
3: caused the inflation, the printing of money, six trillion dollars of worth to deal with that virus of foreign origin.
1: Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio, New York. Now to Ukraine, another blow. Money weekend there as Russian missiles and drones continue to pound away at the nation's infrastructure, killing civilians in the process. BBC correspondent Hugo Uchega is in Kiev.
2: We had the air raid siren going off and that was followed by
1: reports of a wave of, of missiles targeting several cities this morning. At least two
5: explosions were heard here in the capital, Kiev. And now the mayor is saying that critical infrastructure was hit. There are reports of power and water outages in parts of uh,
1: the city. The latest Russian salvo in apparent retaliation for what Moscow says was a Ukrainian attack on its Black Sea fleet over the weekend. The death toll is rising to more than 130 after a cable bridge collapsed in western India. A government official says the colonial era bridge was a tourist attraction and as many as 400 people were on it at the time of Sunday's collapse during a Hindu festival. The bridge had recently been renovated too, overcrowding the suspected cause of that collapse. Two U.S. citizens among those injured in Saturday's crowd crush in Seoul, South Korea. The foreign ministry says over two dozen foreigners from at least 14 countries were killed, another 15 in as people surged into the narrow streets of a popular nightlife district during a festival.
3: Koreans today were paying their respects and still trying to observe the scale of this tragedy. Thousands of mostly young people finally freed from COVID restrictions, flooded into the narrow streets of Seoul's nightlife district. Janelle's
0: story was in the crowd. There was
4: panic coming towards us, shouts
0: of fear, but also confusion. Most of the victims were in their 20s.
1: CBS's Elizabeth Palmer. And verified Twitter users will soon have to pay up to keep their blue checkmark. The new Twitter blue subscription will cost 20 bucks. Once launched, current verified users would have 90 days to subscribe or lose their status. The company's current subscription option is $4.99 a month and unlocks more features in the app. That's not the only change twitter users will notice now
2: even if users are logged out they can still see trending tweets and news stories musk never explained why he made this change but insiders say something like this normally would have taken weeks to implement
1: monica ricks reporting still to come on the noon report election updates for new york and pennsylvania a fatal plane crash in luzerne county and a successful high school football team pulls itself out of the playoffs
4: well good afternoon we're looking at a mild afternoon but a few showers will be scattered across the the area. Other forecast details coming up in 10.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. New York's gubernatorial hopefuls pressing hard and calling in the big guns to help them with their campaigns as Election Day draws ever closer. Incumbent Democrat Kathy Hochul has former President Obama shilling for her in radio ads.
0: My friend, Governor Kathy Hochul, is the best person for the job, hands down.
1: Republican candidate Lee Zeldin was on his home Long Island turf over the weekend where Florida Governor Ron DeSantis showed up to support him. This
0: will be the of the shot heard round the world
1: just over a week to go before the campaign rhetoric ends drowned out by the voice of the voters early voting got underway over the weekend in new york and ub political science professor sean donahue tells wivb state democrats are counting on it particularly in the governor's race
5: i think they're really trying to get the democratic base out to vote and particularly early this is the first time actually in a governor's race that we've had early voting so i think that that's going to be kind of what they're trying to do is to get the democratic base out to vote and bank those votes before election day
1: lee Zeldin has been closing the gap on Kathy Hochul in recent weeks. Voter turnout is expected to be high for a midterm election, too, but...
5: The question is, uh, where in the state is it going to be higher or lower? Are some of the more conservative upstate regions going to have a higher turnout, or is New York City going to uh, see a lower depressed turnout, which could have a major effect on the race?
1: Governor Hochul is expected to concentrate her efforts on the New York City area in the waning days of the campaign. The respiratory virus known as RSV continues, to show up with increasing frequency throughout the listening area and much of the country. Arnott Health Infectious Disease Specialist Dr. Justin Nistico tells WENY parents would be wise to keep a close eye on their kids for specific symptoms. The important thing to understand is that if your child starts to
3: feel ill, whether they have a fever, they're having a lot of cough, upper congestion, runny nose, these could be the start of the signs.
1: Dr. Nistico says RSV can be serious stuff if left untreated. This particular virus can cause children to want end up having
3: difficulty breathing. Even in older children, we do see it, and this could wind them up in the hospital where they may receive very intense treatment.
1: He advises parents to be extra vigilant about keeping home surfaces clean and telling their youngsters to wash their hands more frequently. A Southern Tier High School coaching legend honored yesterday. Friends, family, staff, and alumni of Elmira Notre Dame High School gathered for the unveiling of a mural honoring late football coaching legend Mike D'Aluisio, who passed away from ALS this year at age 71. Head of school Patricia Mack tells WETM.
4: It's truly
3: a blessing for Notre Dame to be able to have this mural of someone that
4: meant so much to the school for so many years and Coach DeLuizio will always be a part of Notre Dame.
1: Class of 22 student Griffin English.
4: I believe his legacy was family first, love those around you, and just the stories that he told. They had a great impact on many people.
1: The mural is a gift from the class of 2022. It is located in back of the school overlooking Brewer Memorial Stadium. Coach D, as many called him, amassed a school record 244 wins at Elmira Notre Dame. The price of the pump, a bit scarier than it has been of late, the average for a gallon of gas in New York State has risen over 13 cents during the last week to $3.75. Gas Buddy says that's up more than 19 cents from a month ago and an increase of nearly 23 cents from a year ago. There's even more pain at the pump in PA, where the average for a gallon of gas is nearly $3.99, up 7 cents from a week ago, 22 cents from a month ago, and 43 cents more than the same time last year. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. And a lot of bleary-eyed Bills fans around Western New York this morning after staying up late last night to watch their team's 27-17 win over the Green Bay Packers in Orchard Park. It wasn't pretty as the Packers ran the ball a lot of the time against the Bills, much to the Bills' pass rusher Von Miller's surprise.
0: I was
4: taken back a little bit because I'm like, hey, I gotta pass the ball, don't (laughs) y'all? You know, that's just me. You know, of course I want to get sacks, and I want to rest the passer and I want to do all this stuff. So I, I, I was like, okay, they got to start passing the ball. and got to start passing the ball, but... Nope.
1: Randy's got a full check of sports for us in just a few minutes. Pennsylvania now Democratic U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman focusing much of his remaining campaign this week in the mid-state area at an event Sunday night in Harrisburg. The current lieutenant governor said he would fight to codify Roe v. Wade if he's elected to serve in Washington. President Biden also spoke on his behalf at a fundraising event in Philadelphia Friday night. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump has the Keystone State in his sights as well. He's set to hold a rally in Latrobe on the Saturday before the General Election in support of candidates Doug Mastriano for governor and Mehmet Oz for U.S. Senate.
0: I didn't even have time to process it.
1: That's Eileen Maloney, an eyewitness to a plane crash which claimed two lives in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania on Saturday and could have claimed even more, she tells WBRE.
0: It was going straight and about four or five birds, I don't know what kind of birds they were, but they came like where they were going to go in front of the plane and the plane took a huge dip. And, you know, went, and then I heard a bang.
1: The small plane crashed on Doran's farm along St. Mary's Road, just 100 feet away from where families and children were boarding the farm's popular hayride attraction. National Transportation Safety Board investigators on site today to investigate that crash. Legislation to make it easier for state system universities in Pennsylvania to hire campus police officers has been overwhelmingly approved by the House and Senate. The change would allow a campus officer to be immediately employed by a state system campus police force rather than having to go through a potentially months-long process of obtaining a commission from the governor via the State Department of Education. The bill would also make it so recent and future reforms to laws impacting law enforcement apply automatically to campus police officers. If signed by the governor, the law would take effect immediately. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Thanks, Terry. And one Pennsylvania football team is taking itself out of the playoffs. Family Life's Brian Query explains why.
3: A seven-win season earned the Elk County Catholic High School football team a playoff berth. But the small school from St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, has pulled itself out of the playoffs. The team began the season with 19 players and was able to retain a healthy roster most of the season. But injuries in its most recent victory have brought the roster down to 13 players, forcing administrators and the coaching staff to make the difficult decision to pull the team. A social media post from the school said about the team, quote, What we lacked in numbers we made up for with heart, determination, and hard work. The school also fields soccer, golf, and cross-country in the fall, and administrators are looking to build on this year's success to bring more players to the football team in future seasons. Brian Query, Family Life News.
1: Let's hope they can do that. Now let's check sports. Here's Randy.
0: Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, last night in Orchard Park, the Bills got a couple of touchdown passes from Josh Allen, and Buffalo won their fourth straight game, knocking off the Packers 27-17. Green Bay has never won in Buffalo, falling to 0-8 all-time. The West Coast was not kind to the New York Giants. They fell to Seattle 27-13, and the Jets could not hold on to the lead at the half. As New England came back to defeat New York 22-17 with the win, Bill Belichick moves into second place all-time. The Philadelphia Eagles are still the only unbeaten team in the NFL as Jalen Hurts threw four touchdown passes, three of them to A.J. Brown, and they blew out the Steelers 35-13. Philadelphia now 7-0 on the season. Other winners in the NFL, Denver, Atlanta, Dallas, Miami, the Vikings, Saints, Titans, 49ers, and Commanders. On the hardwood, the Pelicans, Celtics, Cavs, Pistons, Spurs, Mads, Suns and Lakers all won. Cleveland knocking off the New York Knicks 121 to 108. On the ice, Mika Zabonijad broke a 2-2 tie with a power play goal in the third period, and the Rangers edged Arizona 3-2. The Devils, Wild Ducks, and Golden Knights also skated to wins. In NASCAR, Christopher Bell took the checkered flag at Martinsville Speedway. He will join Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain in the final four of the Cup Series that'll be raced in Phoenix. And it will be game three tonight of the World Series in Philadelphia. Houston and the Phillies tied at one game apiece. That is a look at sports.
1: Still to come on the noon report, will the high court affirm affirmative action? The latest on the Paul Pelosi attack. And no joke, some researchers think there's a link between picking your nose and getting Alzheimer's.
3: Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Every autumn in a sort of seasonal ritual, the leaves start turning colors, the air turns chilly, and Christians argue over whether to celebrate Halloween. While I've never been a huge fan of the dark, sketchy costumes, and I'm talking about what adults wear these days, there's a whole history to this day that's unknown to most people. In fact, There's an even more amazing history behind tomorrow, All Saints Day. Back in 2007, Chuck Colson described that history in a breakpoint commentary that he called Honoring the Witnesses. Here's Chuck Colson.
2: It's Halloween again, and to be frank, I really don't look forward to talking about it on Breakpoint every year. At best, Halloween has become an excuse to ask total strangers for candy. At worst, it's a celebration of the mindless paganism our ancestors wisely turned their backs on. So this year, I'd like to turn your attention to the often overlooked celebration that Halloween calls to mind. In case you've missed it before, the name Halloween is a shortening of All Hallows' Eve and signifies the night before All Saints' Day. For centuries on All Saints' Day, the Church celebrated the lives of Christians who went before us. And rightly so. We can learn so much from those whom the author of Hebrews calls that great cloud of witnesses. The tradition of remembering the Church triumphant dates back to the time of the first Christian martyrs. When soldiers of Marcus Aurelius Verus came to arrest Polycarp, a beloved Church leader, Polycarp greeted them kindly— According to the 3rd century historian Eusebius, Polycarp ordered a table to be laid for them immediately, invited them to eat as much as they liked, asking in return a single hour in which he could pray. When Polycarp later stood in the Colosseum, accused and surrounded by the jeering crowds, the governor pressed him to recant his faith. Instead, this man who himself had been discipled by the Apostle John said this, For 86 years I have been Christ's servant, and he has never done me wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? As they were preparing to burn him alive, Polycarp offered up prayers of faith and praise. In the years following Polycarp's death, Christians would gather annually to take communion beside his grave. There they would remember his brave witness and take courage from his example. As the years passed, the day shifted in focusing from remembering Polycarp to honoring all martyrs. By the 7th century, the church created a holiday to honor all of God's saints, heroes of the faith. One of my favorite heroes was a woman named Monica who lived during the 4th century. She would never face flames or jeering crowds, as did Polycarp, but she did face testing. That testing came in the form of her own longing for the return of her prodigal son, Augustine. His licentious lifestyle made this Christian mother weep. Later, when Augustine, who is now known as one of the foremost theologians of Christianity and scholars of Western civilization, did come to Christ, he wrote this prayer. My mother, your faithful servant, wept to you for me, shedding more tears for my spiritual death than others shed for the bodily death of a son. You heard her. I could tell you story after story like this, from Justin Martyr to Martin Luther to Amy Carmichael, but let me encourage you to do something this All Saints Day. Take the lead in your church to honor the great saints who set examples for us. Reacquaint your children with Halloween's Christian origins. Research together and talk about the lives of Christian heroes. Sure, go ahead and let the kids dress up like Batman and hit up your neighbors for candy. But when the hoopla of modern Halloween is over, encourage your kids to imitate some real heroes, not in what they put on, but in how they live their lives. For Breakpoint, this is Chuck Colson in Washington.
3: That was Chuck Colson from October the 31st, 2007, describing the rich history behind All Saints Day. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to colsoncenter.org. I'm John Stone Street.
4: We got a mild air mass in place now, but a disturbance with some cloud cover and scattered showers will be crossing the area. Raindrop or two now and again. The expectation is the system moves away midweek and the sun returns then. For this afternoon, considerable cloudiness, a couple of widely scattered showers, mild. High temperatures, low to mid 60s. Mostly cloudy tonight and tomorrow with a shower from time to time. Low tonight, low 50s. High tomorrow, low to mid 60s. Wednesday, skies start cloudy, but skies clear for sunshine during the day. High temperatures on Wednesday in the low to mid 60s. Thank
1: you very much, Kevin. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. Thanks again for joining us. Let's recap some top stories now. The U.S. Supreme Court taking up a challenge to race based college admission practices today in two affirmative action cases involving Harvard and the University of North Carolina. Civil rights lawyer Damon Hewitt is representing the schools.
0: America is stronger when we actually fully embrace our diversity.
1: Student Calvin Yang says he supports diversity, but not affirmative action quotas. If
0: you're
2: economically disadvantaged, you should get a
3: boost. Rather than just Arbitrarily looking at the ethnicity, the last name, the skin color of a particular applicant.
1: The group Students for Fair Admissions is looking for the court to throw out a 1978 case that gave the green light for universities to consider race in determining who would be admitted. Nine states have already passed their own laws saying affirmative action can't be used for their college admissions. More details emerging about the suspect in the attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, NBC's Miguel Almaguer with more.
3: This morning, the hammer-wielding intruder who allegedly broke into the Pelosi home through a back door facing attempted homicide charges after striking 82-year-old Paul Pelosi in the head. Reports say 42-year-old David Wayne DePape
1: had a list of people he wanted to target. Pelosi suffered a skull fracture after being violently assaulted by the alleged hammer-wielding assailant, who authorities say was in search of the speaker when he broke into their San Francisco home on Friday. DePape also said to be carrying zip ties and duct tape. Two U.S. citizens among those injured in Saturday's crowd crush in Seoul, South Korea. The foreign ministry there says over two dozen foreign nationals from at least 14 countries were killed, another 15 injured, as people surged into the narrow streets of a popular nightlife district during a festival. Arguments are set to begin today in the trial of former President Trump's namesake family real estate business.
3: The Trump Organization is facing criminal tax fraud charges in New York. they related to allegations that the company orchestrated a 15-year scheme to help certain executives executives evade taxes. Trump is not charged in the case and is not expected to testify. Checks that he signed are likely to be presented as evidence. I'm Mark Mayfield.
1: Rivals on the field joining forces to condemn hate off the field. The University of Florida and the University of Georgia issuing a joint apology yesterday over a sign displayed at their football game in Jacksonville on Saturday. That sign outside TIAA Bank Field read, Kanye is right about the Jews. In their message, the schools say they strongly condemn the anti-Semitic hate speech projected outside the stadium. Verified Twitter users will soon have to pay up to keep their blue checkmark. The new Twitter blue subscription will cost $20. Once launched, current verified users would have 90 days to subscribe or lose their status. The company's current subscription option is $4.99 a month and unlocks more features in the app. This might sound strange, but a new study links nose picking to Alzheimer's disease. Researchers at Australia's Griffith University
0: showed that a certain type of bacteria can travel through the olfactory nerve in the nose. The brain responds by deploying a protein that's a telltale sign of Alzheimer's and dementia. The study used mice, but scientists want to see if it's the same in humans. The study was published earlier this year. In the journal Scientific Reports, I'm Trey Thomas. The last
1: living person believed to be born to an enslaved parent in the U.S. has died. Daniel Smith Sr. passed away at age 98 earlier this month. His father, Abram Smith, was a young child enslaved in Virginia when slavery was abolished. And a big time in the city of brotherly love this evening. Houston and Philadelphia will battle in a pivotal Game 3 of the World Series tonight in Philly. Each team came away with a victory after the first two in Houston, making this World Series now a best of five. Now 24 past the hour, you're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. (laughs) Is family life hometowns a chance to get to know the stories behind the cities towns villages and birds that make up the family life listening area we take a look at their history and learn what makes them special today we spotlight erie pennsylvania Let's start with the name itself, which derives either from the Great Lake whose shore it rests upon, and or the Native American tribe known in English as the Eries, with a Z on the end, who took up residence on the lake's fertile shores. Then in the mid 1600s, the Eries were conquered by the Iroquois Confederacy. A century later came European settlers. Jeff Sherry is an educator with Eries Hagen History Center.
5: So when the French come, In the 1750s, what they're trying to do is to build a series of forts that will link the Great Lakes to their positions in Louisiana. This whole eastern half of the United States is trackless forest, and what they're trying to do is use the rivers and the creeks to move goods and men.
1: The French built their first fort on Presque Isle, then added a second, Fort LaBeouf, in what is now Waterford. The two forts were key posts, as French and then British forces fought for territory in the late 18th century, until the French eventually said au revoir to the region
5: there, followed by the English, and then of course the American military, and then after the Revolutionary War, this becomes an American city and the city is laid out mid-1790s and grows from there. It doesn't see a huge growth until after the War of 1812.
1: But then Erie took off, fueled by its unique Great Lakes access. Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry assembled a fleet of gunboats and brigs that proved triumphant in the 1813 Battle of Lake Erie. Perry gained fame by flying a flag bearing the dying words of American naval officer James Lawrence, Don't give up the ship. One of those legendary wooden sailing ships, the Brig Niagara, lives on in replica form, keeping maritime history alive on the Great Lakes. Sherry says Erie owes a lot to that seven-mile-long finger of land that juts out into the lake, Presque Isle.
5: It creates a sheltered harbor, thought by many to be one of the best harbors on the Great Lakes. This is why Perry will build his fleet here. It's sheltered, and of course, this free aircraft, free satellite days, so it's sheltered from the prying eyes of the British, even if they sail right off the coast, they can't see into the bay. And uh, The only reason that there's a city here, because unlike Buffalo, Cleveland, Detroit, there is no river here.
1: After the war, Erie begins to grow rapidly, establishing itself as the Keystone State's key freshwater port.
5: Absolutely, and the raw materials can come to Erie by boat, and then later will go out by train, by truck. In the 1840s, 50s, 60s, the Erie Extension Canal, which links Lake Erie, thus the Great Lakes, to the Ohio River system without having to go down French Creek and the Allegheny River. It's definitely a central location for goods coming in and out, then later the railroads, then our interstate highway system, I-90 and I-79 intersect just south of the city, and it is a fantastic location for that as well.
1: Erie truly took off economically after World War One, and even the Great Depression didn't slow things down that much, owing to the areas effective mix of industry and agriculture. And the thriving area drew plenty of immigrants from all
5: over. A diversity of people from all over the world beginning to move here. It isn't just the standard migration, the Germans, the Irish, the English, you know, the, the Russian is people from Southern Europe. We have the Great Migration, which will bring large numbers of African-Americans to to the city.
1: Those immigrants created a formidable industrial workforce. But as the 20th century rolled on, Erie, like many Great Lake cities, eventually saw those industries decline into what became known as the Rust Belt. However, as the 21st century neared, Erie began to reinvent itself yet again. This time with a mix of advanced technology and light manufacturing, and of course, tourism now plays a big role as well. Thanks again to that little finger of land in the lake, Presque Isle.
5: Our bayfront is now a haven for fishermen, jet skiers, water skiers, yachts, boats of all sizes. I have to tell visitors here: Do you think of the bay and the lake now as for sportsmen? But it was once a very industrial place.
1: You've been listening to Family Life Hometowns, a look at the cities, towns, villages, and burgs that make up the Family Life listening area. Please join us again soon for another edition of Family Life Hometowns. Family Life Hometowns airs Mondays here on Family Life or online anytime at familylife.org. Just ahead, a possible treatment for current nightmares may be just a cord away.
4: Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Well, we've got a mild air mass in place now, but a disturbance with some cloud cover and scattered showers will be crossing the area. With it. a plan on a raindrop or two now and again, the expectation is the system moves away midweek and the sun returns then. For this afternoon, considerable cloudiness, a couple of widely scattered showers and mild. High temperatures, low to mid-60s. Mostly cloudy tonight and tomorrow with a shower from time to time. Low tonight, low 50s. High tomorrow, low to mid-60s. Wednesday, skies start cloudy, but skies clear for sunshine during the day. High temperatures on Wednesday in the low to mid 60s.
1: All right, thank you very much, Kevin. And on this October 31st, a story about nightmares. Medical researchers in Switzerland have found a successful treatment for individuals who are haunted by frequent nightmares. One that favors a piano over pills. Here's Family Life's Greg Gillespie.
4: It's a two-step process called targeted memory reactivation involving the C69 piano chord. Researchers invited the volunteers to rewrite their most frequent nightmares in a positive light. Then they slept wearing headphones and that single piano chord is repeated softly every 10 seconds. It essentially rewrites recurring nightmares into something with less terror. TMR is not an over-the-counter do-it-yourself treatment, but is effective with patients with severe chronic nightmares. If that's you or someone you know, ask your doctor to look up the research. The Swiss study found people who had been averaging nightmares three times per week were now having them less than once every five weeks. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. More proof of the power of music.
1: And on those notes, that's the world we live in for Monday, October 31st, 2022. Thanks again for listening. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News. You've been listening to The Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.